This is the Life Church Podcast. I hope you had a good Christmas. Hope you had a good time. Spend time with family. I, uh, Abby and I, we had an awesome Christmas. We uh, we got to see my my family as well as Abby's family and. Um, I, I don't think I was fully aware, though, but uh, my one-and-a-half-year-old received a lot of toys over Christmas, right? I don't think I was fully, like, aware and, like, processing that, that I was going to get so many that I was going to need that much trunk space, you know, available for those. Um, but what I really wasn't ready for was how each toy that he got was louder than the toy that he'd gotten before. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it was like every single toy just got louder and louder as we went um, until the end all. The final toy that he got um, was he got a drum set this year. <laughs> and um, he, he, opened up, he opened up the present. He, he like, his, his eyes just, like, lit up. He was like, and then he's like, oh, 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 dad, dad, dad. And like, I just like opened it as fast as I could. Like, and now he's like freaking out. So I'm like, I'm having to assemble it as fast as I can. Um, and then he sits down on this little stool and I'm telling you, it was amazing. He just like, just went crazy. Like, it's like he already knew what he was doing. Like he had no problem, didn't have to be taught how to drum. He just did it. And so um, I'm, I'm going to try and keep that. I'm, I, I like the idea of that, right? Having a son that's a drummer, but uh, I don't like the noise that comes with it right now. So pray for me. Um, well, uh, this morning, I, I'd like to share a story with you from, from Joshua, from, from the Old Testament. It's a story where, um, where the Israelites cross over the Jordan River. And, um, but before we do this, so if you've got your Bible, you can open up to, to Joshua chapter 3. Um, uh, but before we do that, I actually want to read something to you from, from the book of Romans that has really stood out to me uh, just recently and it has really spoke to me. And I kind of feel like it gives us some clarity and some direction of where we're going to be heading this morning. But um, in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, in the message, it, it reads it like this. It says that God is kind, but he's not soft. It says, in kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and he leads us into a radical life change. It says that he's kind. He's kind, but he's not soft. Now, it, for, for some of you this morning, that, that, that's a, a word in itself, that, that God is kind. God, God loves you. He's not mad at you. He's not out to get you, but he's, he's kind, and he loves you, and he has, he has good things for you. But the thing is, it says that God is kind, but he's not soft. Now, I was with grandparents all week, um, and I'll tell you this much. Grandparents go soft. Grandparents get soft, okay? <laughs> Some of you parents know what I'm talking about. Like, I, I was spending the week with my parents, and I'm telling you something. Those are not the two people that raised me, okay? They have somehow changed since we had a kid, and now they are giving him cookies and, and like, things that I would never would have gotten. And I was like, man, you guys are going soft, <laughs> But God is kind, but he's not soft. And it says that he, in kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and he leads us into a radical life change. That he leads us by the hand to, to, a, to a different life. That it's not just something a little better or a little improved, but it's the same way that I would lead my son, right? As we go somewhere, I don't just drag him along, although sometimes it does feel like that, right? I, I grab him by the hand and I say, Hey, buddy, we're going to go this way, so come on, follow me. And, 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 I, and I grab him by the hand, and I lead him to where we're going. And that's what, that's what, that's what God wants to do, that he, he wants to lead us not just to something a little better, not, not just being a little bit better than you were in 2018, but he wants to lead you to a life of radical life change. 
because that's what the gospel is about. The gospel is about lost people being found. It's about dead people, people that were dead in their sin, all of us, that, that we, we weren't just struggling with sin and, and not, having, not doing very well, but the Bible says that we were dead in our sin and that now we're brought back to life in Jesus. So the gospel is, is this stark contrast of, of death to life, of lost to found, and that's the radical life change that he's doing in us. Well, a lot of us, we've experienced that. We've experienced the change in us. We, we've seen how, how he's morphed us and how he's made us new, that, that we're not the same person that we were before. But somewhere along the journey, I think we get content. I think that, that we, we, we kind of, he's led us this far, and we no longer are letting him lead us into radical life change. We, you know, he's already changed me. God, God's already made me new. I, I'm so different than the person that I used to be. You should have seen I was just with my family. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm so much better than all of them. I, look how much I've changed and I've grown. But I don't think that that's the spot where we stop. I think that God is still wanting to lead us. He's still wanting to transform us. He's still wanting to take us and lead us into a radical life change. To be the person that he's created us to be for new seasons. For, for new times that, that he's leading us and he's directing us into life change. And I believe that God still has so much more that he wants to do in, in our lives. And, and some of you, as you look to 2019, you begin to look at crossing into, into new seasons. Maybe Whether that's something big. Maybe, maybe you've got big changes happening and you're crossing over to that. And, or, or maybe it's just everyday life, but you're wanting to be a better version of yourself as you head into the new year that... We look at, at this season and this time of saying, it's a time of crossing over. I believe that we should look to 2019 expecting to start crossing over. Let's start, let's start crossing over from a place of being stuck in our sin to being free from sin and, and living, living a life for him. Let's cross over from, from broken relationships to, to healing and restoration. Let's cross over financially into provision. Let's cross over in our spiritual life and in our career. Let's cross over in our understanding of what is God's purpose for my life. I'm looking to 2019 full of faith, not because of this, because he's grabbing me by the hand and he's leading me into a radical life change. And it may not be what I imagined. It may be different. But he's leading me, and I'm, and I'm not getting there because I'm going to be better, because I'm going to achieve more, but because he's leading me. And in Joshua chapter 3, we see this story where the Israelites are about to experience their worlds flipped upside down. They're about to experience a, a radical life change, that, that God's going to do something pretty ridiculous in them and through them. And, and so in the, in the story where the story is going to pick up, we have... Um, the Israelites have been wandering in the desert for the last 40 years. That, that they, they have been wandering and trying to get to the promised land. That God, 40 years ago, God made a promise to them when he saved them from Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt, and he sent Moses, and he sent plagues to, to Egypt, and he set them free. And then Moses came, and, and Moses led the people out, and he took his staff, and he raised it in the air, and, and, and the Red Sea parted. And the Israelites walked across on dry land, and then they were in the desert with nothing to eat, and God provided manna out of nothing to give them food. And so all of a sudden, these, these people have, have experienced God do something really radical and really crazy in their life, saved them from slavery and, and taking them to a promised land. But the Israelites got lost somewhere along the way. They got stuck. Just like I think we get in our lives sometimes. Sometimes we're trying to get, get to be better. or Sometimes we're trying to improve. Sometimes we're trying to cross over into new seasons of our life, and we get stuck where we are. 
We get stuck trying, trying to, to move on. We get stuck trying to do that. And so what happens is this, is the Israelites, it wasn't a 40-year journey to where they were going. But they found themselves making bad decisions. They found themselves getting lost. They found themselves not crossing over into everything that God had for them. And I think that in our lives, we, we, we're, we need to look at this idea of saying, hey, you know what? It's time to start crossing. I've been camping here in the desert. I've been camping in the season for so long that I'm ready to start crossing over into what God has for me. I'm ready to start crossing over into that promised land, which for us is saying, you know what? It's God's best for my life. It's God's best for my family and my relationships. So in this story, what, what's happening is Moses, the leader of God's people, has just passed away. And his right-hand man, Joshua, is now taking over as the leader of the Israelites. So in Joshua chapter 3, if you got your Bibles, we're going to be starting at verse 1, and this is what it says. It says, early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing. So essentially what's happening right here is that the Israelites have been in the desert for 40 years looking to cross over into the promised land. And now all of a sudden they're camped on the banks of the Jordan River. And across the Jordan River, they can see the promised land. They can see what they've been looking for for 40 years. And, and, and Joshua tells the people, he says, hey, in three days, we're going to cross over this river and into the promised land. In three days, we're crossing over. So get ready. And the Israelites, just, just so you have a little bit of context, this is, this is a, a nation of people that is about two million people. It's about two million people now camped on the banks of the Jordan River. And the Jordan River, just so you know, it's in the flood season. So the Jordan River is bigger than it usually is. It's, it's actually about a mile wide, and it's about 12 feet deep. And the, the current is rushing down, and, and it's moving, and the Israelites are, are beginning to process this. Okay, Joshua said, in three days we're crossing over, but you know the river's pretty deep. The, the river's moving. We can't really swim across. We can't really get across that way, not to mention we've got all of our belongings and our families and our kids with us, so that's not really an option. And Joshua just said, hey, in three days we're crossing over. In three days, get ready, because we're going to start crossing. But he tells them that, hey, it's going to require some things of us. It's going to require some things of us as a people to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to make some commitments in order to cross over to where God's leading me. I may not understand. I may not get it, but I'm going to make some commitments. And I think that's the same thing for us this morning, that... Throughout the story, we're going to look at some things that Joshua asked the people to commit to, and I believe that there are things for our own lives that it's not just a story that we read, but it's a story that, that impacts us and it means something to us because it's commitments that God's asking us to do as well. So as the story continues in Joshua chapter 3, verse 2, it says this. It says, three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you've never traveled this way before, they will guide you. So it's saying, hey, when the Ark of the Covenant goes out in front of you, follow that. Now, this is the same Ark of the Covenant that you would have seen in Indiana Jones, right? It's, it's the Ark of the Covenant that represents God's presence. It, it, it's, it's a box that represents the person of God and, and the promises that he has made to them. So when they carry this box everywhere they go, they're saying, hey, this is God's presence going with us. This is God's presence going before us, and we're letting him lead us. We're letting him direct us. So what they're saying when they say the Ark of the Covenant is going to go before you and you're going to follow that is it saying, follow the presence of God. 
Follow the presence of God as you're, as you're preparing to cross over. Follow the presence of God as you're looking to get to new seasons. Rather than relying on your own knowledge or your own ability of how you should cross this river, follow the presence of God. Rather than relying on those around you to give you insight or, or direction of how you should cross this river, follow the presence of God. Because here's the thing, I think that crossing over requires a commitment to God's presence. Crossing over requires a commitment to God's presence. It, it's not a commitment to growth. It's not a commitment to self-help or, or, or being better. Because I think that those things are good. I think that as we look to a new year, we say, you know what? Hey, I, I have New Year's resolutions. I have things that I want to do better this year than I've done in the past. And I think that those things are good. I think that we should have those things. But in this story, he says... He doesn't tell them that. He doesn't tell them all the things that they need to get in order before they cross. He says, hey, I want you to follow the Ark of the Covenant. Follow the presence of God. And I've seen this so many times in my own life. I've, I've let prayer and I've let the presence of God become an afterthought. That whenever I'm faced with a situation, whenever I'm faced with a problem or something, a decision in my life, Here's what happens. I, I go through it logistically. I figure it out. Okay, this is, what it would, this is what it would mean financially. This is what the details of that would look like. And then I figure out a plan of action. And then all of a sudden, I bring that plan of action to God. And I say, hey, God, would you give me your stamp of approval? Because this is what I think I should do. Now, here's what, here's what I, I found with that, though. That when I do that, what I'm doing is I'm saying, God, this is my plan. This is how I think I should do it. And God, would your presence come along with me? But what he tells them to do here is different than that. He says, I want you to let the presence go in front of you, and I want you to follow the presence of God. So for me, what this has looked like is when I'm faced with something, rather than just sitting down and trying to figure it out and make sense of it, I've stopped and I, and I fasted and I've prayed. I say, God, I don't want to go if your presence isn't leading me. God, I don't want to move if your presence isn't directing me. It, it, it's meant that I, I made commitments to say, hey, I'm going to dedicate time to God's presence. I found that there's, there's certain things that there's certain things that I can only experience through extended time in the presence of God. There, there's certain clarity that I can only receive through dedicated time in the presence of God that it, it's, me, it's me making a commitment to say, I'm going to wake up earlier to spend time in God's presence. I'm not going to get ready for the day and hope that I, I, I have time to spend time in God's presence, but I'm going I'm to intentionally wake up even earlier so that I can make sure that that's my priority. Because what we're doing is we're making a commitment to saying, hey, I'm going to let the presence of God lead me. I'm going to let that lead the way. And that's what Joshua tells the people of Israel. He says, let the presence of God lead the way. And then he goes on in Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. And that word purify comes from the Hebrew word kadash. And what Kadash means, it, it, it means to consecrate. It means, uh, it means to set apart, to prepare, or to dedicate. And, and what he's saying here is most leaders of, of an army and of a people would have said, hey, tomorrow we're crossing over into a new land. Sharpen your swords. Clean your shields. Get your stuff all ready to go because tomorrow we're going over. But rather than focusing on the material, rather than focusing on, on the things in front of them, he says, hey, I want to focus on your heart for just a second. Purify yourself. Because when it uses that word kadash and then it's followed by yourselves, he's essentially saying this, hey, make this personal. Don't just consecrate a moment or this day, but take this personally. That consecrate yourselves by getting rid of the sin that doesn't belong in your life. Set yourselves apart by letting the presence of God lead you rather than money or power or position. 
Prepare yourselves for what God wants to show you. Dedicate yourselves to him. Don't live half in, half out anymore. Take this personally and let's purify ourselves. Because here's the thing, I think that crossing over requires a commitment to purification. It requires a a commitment to saying, God, purify me. I want to purify myself as I head into this next season. This has become really uh, evident to me, and this has been really clear to me just recently as I um, as I was driving, actually, um, I, uh, whenever I drive, I take a lot of back roads. I feel like I can get there faster, right? I feel like I, I know shortcuts, right, that, that everybody else isn't going to take. Um, and as I go through all these back roads, that there's always stop signs. And, and I've had this recent frustration with, with stop signs because I feel like if we would all just do it right, that it would all move faster. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, hey, if, 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 if we could just go at the same time, let's go at the same time. More people are moving. It's going to be awesome. Um, but lately, everyone has just been bad. Like, everyone has been really bad at stop signs. I don't know what happened. And, and, I, and I remember um, I was going through, and I was, we were in the car, and I was just complaining to Abby. I was like, man, everybody is just really bad at these. Every time I pull up them, they're all, like, hesitating, and, like, they're about to go, and then they don't go, and then we're, then we're all still waiting. Um, and Abby pointed out to me, she goes, uh, you, you know why they're doing that, right? And I was like, no. And I was like, please enlighten me. And she goes, well, you're the problem. And I was like, no, no, of course not. I'm not the problem. I'm a great driver. And, uh, and she goes, no, you are the problem because you, you never fully stop. She's like, every time you come up to a stop sign, you're still rolling just a little bit so that you can go on as fast as you can, right? Because I'm trying to make this efficient. And, and when I do that, everyone else sees me still rolling, and then they, they hesitate, and they're waiting, like, wait, is he, is he going to go? Is he not going to wait? And... I'm the problem. I'm the problem every time that I come up to a stop sign and everybody else freaks out. It's because me. And this is what I feel like I've seen in this, is that I feel like we do the same thing in life as we cross over into new seasons. That we're, we're, we're ready. We're, we've been waiting for a long time for something, for a promotion. We've been waiting a long time for something new. We've been waiting a long time for all this. And all of a sudden, we get to that moment, and we don't come to a complete stop, but we just roll right into the next thing. And here's what happens when we do that. When we don't come to a complete stop and have a moment of purification, a moment to consecrate ourselves, that what happens is that we, we roll straight into the next thing with things that don't belong in a new season. You see this all the time in relationships. As, as one relationship ends and it ends poorly and, some, and, they, and somebody gets into another relationship and they carry all the things that, they were, that were wrong about that thing into the next one and it, and it fails again. And you see it happen over and over because here's the thing. Some things don't belong in your next season. There's some things that are currently there that don't need to go with you. That sin that's been in your life that you've been struggling with, you think you're going to cross over into a new season. But when that sin comes with you, it stunts that season as well. That as you have that same attitude, as you carry that same mindset into a new season, you can't carry that same thing into the new season because it's not going to work. You're going to find yourself there. So it... It requires a commitment to purification. In my own life, this has uh, been something that I've come back to over and over again. Um, because I remember when my wife and I got married about three years ago, um, I remember somebody told me, they said, you need to learn to fight well. Uh, you married people know what I'm talking about, right? You need to learn to fight well. And I, I didn't really understand what that meant. I didn't, I didn't really know what that looked like. Um, but I, after three years of marriage, you know, there's, there's quite a bit of fights in there, right? There's, there's quite a bit of things that happened in, in three years. And I remember just recently that 
I, I learned something that, that somebody told me to ask myself two questions when I find myself in this moment, that I find myself in a fight, that I find myself frustrated with, with, with Abby, that I said to ask myself, do I want to be more like Jesus? And do I want to be shown the ways that I'm not like Jesus? Do I want to be more like Jesus? And do I want to be shown the ways that I'm not like Jesus? Because you ask me that question, hey, do I want to be more like Jesus? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's my goal. I, I want to be more like Jesus. Do I want to be shown the ways I'm not like Jesus? Do I want to be shown that I was really prideful? Do I want to be shown that I had no patience? Do I want to be shown all these moments where I was not like Jesus? And that's a moment where I have to say, okay, you know what? If I want, if I want this fight to go well, if, if, I want, if I want restoration, if I want to deal with this and move on, I've got to have a moment where I purify myself, where I say, do I want to be like Jesus? And do I want to be shown, do I honestly want to be shown the ways that I'm not like Jesus? Because if not, I walk into that next moment, that next season, I carry something with me that didn't belong. I carry that same pride, that same impatience, that same frustration. So it's a moment to say, I'm going to commit to purification. I'm going to commit to saying, God, show me what doesn't belong so I can move on into the next season. Show me what doesn't belong. That's what, that's what Joshua is telling the people. He says, purify yourselves. Don't go into the promised land with something that doesn't belong. Deal with it now. So in Joshua chapter 3, verse 13, this is where they're about to move into action. It's the next day, and they're, uh, and they're about to cross over. So the, the priests will carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of the Earth. And as soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream, and the river will stand up like a wall. So Joshua's now given the commands to the people, hey, follow the presence of God, purify yourselves. And now it's the day of, and he says, here's what's going to happen. The, the Ark of the Covenant is going to be carried out, and, and the priests are going to walk out, and they're going to stand in the river. And when they stand in the river, the river's going to stand up like a wall, and we're going to walk across into the promised land. And so here's what happens. Two million people have packed up their tents. They've packed up all of their belongings. They're ready, and they're standing on the banks of the Jordan River. And as the priests walk up, they walk up and they take a step into the river. And the entire nation of Israel holds their breath as they're waiting to see what God's going to do. They've heard stories for 40 years about how, how God used Moses to raise his staff into the air and the entire Red Sea just split and they walked across. They've heard the stories. They've heard how amazing God is, but they haven't seen it. They've been in the desert for 40 years just hearing stories about what God did. So the priests walk in and the entire nation holds their breath. Two million people look and nothing happens. The priests walk into the river. Nothing happens. The, the river didn't split. The water didn't just disappear. The priests are just standing there in a raging river. And they begin to doubt. They begin to question think to themselves, this isn't how Moses did it. Moses, Moses raised a staff and just split. They begin to question, become a little bit nervous that maybe, maybe, I, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe I didn't do this right. Maybe we're not crossing over. And I think that we feel the same way. I think that we do. I think that we feel a lot of times in life that we, we step out in faith right? We say, God, I want you to lead me. God, I, I, I want you to direct me. And then when we step out in faith, it's like we're met with so much opposition that we wonder, how could this be the right thing? 
that things get so much harder. That we're, we're following God's leading, but all of a sudden we're not seeing the promise. Things just get worse. It's like you, you, you try and work on that relationship. You try and reach out to that person for restoration and healing and everything just blows up and it gets worse. And, and you try and deal with sin in your life that doesn't belong there. You try and deal with the things that, that don't belong and all of a sudden it makes things worse at home. It makes things worse in your own life. It makes things harder. And we're trying to step out into faith. We're trying to step out into what the, the new seasons that God has for us, the new things that he's wanting to do in our life. And we're met with so much that it seems like it can't be right. And I want to tell you something that, that, that I've begun to understand is that, that God doesn't always do things today the same way that he did them yesterday. He doesn't always do them today the same way that he did them yesterday. Yes, in, in the past, he did it this way. But maybe what he's doing in you right now is different. Maybe he's doing something even bigger. He's leading you into a radical life change, but it may not be what you expected. It may be more difficult than you expected. You, you may be facing challenges in new ways that maybe you work for a boss now that's more difficult than anybody you've ever worked for. Maybe you're, you're going through something and it's harder than what you ever imagined or what you ever experienced. But what if this, what if God is leading you? What if God is directing you and showing you something that is new and that is beyond you? What if he's trying to lead you to a new season? What if the thing that is causing you the most pain, the most confusion, the most frustration and restlessness is what God is using to begin to cross over into new seasons. Because here's the thing, crossing over requires a commitment to trust God's plan. It requires a commitment to say, God, I'm trusting your plan, not my own. Proverbs 16.9 says that man makes his own plans, but the Lord determines his steps. And I felt that. I felt that over and over as I made plans. And God did something different, and I didn't understand. But if we want to cross over into everything that he has for us, we want to cross over into new seasons, it's going to require us to trust his plan and understand that what he's doing today may be different than what he did yesterday. What he's, how he's speaking to us now might be different than how he's speaking to us before. Because here's what's happening in this story. As the priest stepped into the river, nothing happened. But what they didn't see was that miles and miles up the river, a small town called Adam, the river stood up in a wall. And the people of this small town in Adam looked as, as the river just stops and makes a wall, and they're blown away. What's going on? I have no idea. Why is this river doing this? But the people of Israel don't see anything. The water keeps rushing down. The water keeps going down. They don't see anything. To them, it seems like nothing's happened. But here's the reality of it is that the Israelites couldn't see it, but it was already done. They couldn't see that God had already kept his promise, but he already did. The, wall was, the water had already stood up in a wall. They just couldn't see it yet. That they, 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 they were waiting on a miracle, ready to give up, ready to, to stop and say, well, let's get out of the river. That's not what happened. I, I don't know what's going on. They're ready to give up. And the water comes rushing down and rushing down until it all flows out and there's miles and miles of dry ground. The Bible is very clear. It doesn't say that they walked over on muddy ground. It doesn't say that they walked over on sloppy ground. But it says that they walked over on dry ground. You see, because we find ourselves in this moment where we say, God, I'm ready to cross over. God, I want more 
of what you have for me. I'm ready to step over into a radical life change to be the person that I need to be in this season, to be the person that, that you're calling me to be. And we're ready to step out. We're ready to cross over. But we step out and we don't understand why is it happening this way? Why is it so hard? Why don't I understand? And God's like, just trust me. Just stand in that river. Stand in that river because the water is going to run through. I've already done it. You just can't see it. And the craziest thing about this story to me is this, is that do you know why God chose this time of year to do this miracle at this moment? Because here's the thing. The river was swollen. The river was huge. It was deep. It was running. It was rushing down. And the Israelites saw that as, as a giant problem. Man, it, it, it's, there's no way we're going to be able to cross over. But God chose a timing like this, a time, the t- this time, so that they could see how amazing their God really is. And so many of you here today, you're here and you're ready to step out. You're ready to cross over and everything looks impossible. Looks like there's no way. You're trying to figure out every detail of how it's going to work, of every, of every de- detail of how it's all going to fit together. And God's saying, trust me, commit to my presence, commit to purifying yourself and step out and trust my plan because I've already done it. I just need you to trust me. It's coming. This is where it makes sense to me in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, where it says, God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand, and he leads us into a radical life change. He's leading us. He's in control. He's leading us, and he's directing us into a radical life change. So let's trust him. Let's start crossing over. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? I think it's important that we take a moment just to respond to the word that God is speaking to us and believe that he's leading us and he's directing us and he's encouraging us, but I believe it's important that we respond to that. So I want to ask you a couple questions this morning. The first one is this, is that are you ready to start crossing over? Are you ready to start making some commitments to the right things, to start committing to, to God's presence, committing to purification, committing to trusting his plan? Are you ready to start letting him lead you into radical life change? Are you ready to start crossing over? If that's you this morning, you say, you know what? I'm ready to start crossing over. I'm ready to start stepping into new seasons. I'm ready to, to, to go into where he's leading me to. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand and say, hey, that's me. I'm ready to start crossing over. Come on, I see those hands. Just a moment between you and God. Say, hey, God, I'm ready to start crossing. God, I'm ready. I don't want to camp any longer where I am. Come on, I see those hands. Come on, that's awesome. Come on. Let's start crossing. Let's start crossing. Let's start moving. Let's start going. Let's start committing. Come on, you, put, you can put your hands down. I want to ask you a second question this morning, and maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you hear about this and you're like, man, I would love to cross over. I would love to step over into new seasons, but to be honest, I don't, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. Or, or, or maybe I did at some point, but, but now I'm not living for him. And, and, and now, and, and the things in my life, there's a lot of things that I need to get in order before I'm going to start crossing over into everything that God has for me. There's a lot of things I need to deal with. There's a lot of things that I need to change. And let me tell you something. This morning, he does, he's not waiting for you to get, to get your, your life together. He's not waiting for you to, to just stop sinning. Because here's what he does. He takes us by the hand and he leads us into a radical life change. He leads us from being lost to being found, from being dead in our sin to being alive in him. And that's what he wants. 
He wants to lead us into a radical life change. So crossing over, crossing over is not something that you have to be ready for and and fixed before you can go. He's saying, let me lead you. I'm leading you. So if you're here this morning, you say, you know what? I don't have a relationship with Jesus. Or maybe I did at some point, but right now I'm not really living for him. And and today today I want to make a commitment to live for him. Today I want to surrender my life to him. If that's you this morning with nobody looking around, would you just raise your hand and say, hey, that's me. Today I choose him. Come on, I see those hands. Come on, I see those hands. If that's you, it's a moment between you and God. Nobody's looking around. This is just for you to say, hey, today I surrender my life to you. Today I I commit my life to you. Come on, I see those hands. Come on, he's moving. He's leading. Don't let this moment pass by. I believe that he's wanting to do some things, and we just got to say, God, yes, that's me. I want that. Come on. I want to take just a minute, and I just want to, don't want to move on from this too quickly, that I, I just want to say a prayer that, and let's all agree together and let's say, hey, God, that's what I want. God, I want you to lead me into radical life change. God, I want to dedicate my life to you. So I'm not going to have you repeat after me, but I'm just going to say a prayer. And I'm just going to ask that you would agree with me. Pray a prayer like it in your heart that, God, that's what I'm committing to today. Heavenly Father, God, I'm lost. God, and God, I need you. I'm lost in my sin. I'm lost in my struggle. And so, Lord, today I, I choose to commit my life to you. Lord, today I choose to, to surrender my life to you. Lord, I pray that you would lead me, God, that you would direct me and lead me into radical life change, that I wouldn't just be a little bit better, that I wouldn't just stop doing things that are bad, but God, you would lead me into something so much better and so much different. So today I commit my life to you. Today I don't move on into a new year without first committing to you, Jesus. Would you come into my life, God? Would you make me new and change me? In your name we pray. This is the Life Church Podcast.